Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Okay, another debrief of the Warrior Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Gene Crawford. If you're just turning in for the first time, welcome. I really do appreciate your time. I know that your time is limited and that you're spending it with me is, uh, it means a lot. So I hope I can give you some useful things, some useful tactics or whatever you might want to get out of this. Um, that's my goal. Let's dig in. I've got two uh, articles that I read uh, that I bookmarked and I wanted to go through these because we've sort of touched on these in past episodes with guests in other topics. And I want to dig a little bit deeper because I like these two uh, articles. The first one, um, the two types of friends you should cut all ties with. Now we've talked about uh, some subject matter in the past, like uh, gaslighting, people ghosting on you. Uh, There's a a really popular meme that you can find um, that is like you are made up of the people you surround yourself with. And that's also a very old recommendation or piece of advice is that surround yourself with people who are better than you or surround yourself with people who are challenge you, et cetera, et cetera. You are made up of the closest five people that you spend your time with. That's true. In a positive sense. The inverse of that is if you are surrounding yourself with negative people or people that bring out negative traits in you, then there you go. It's the same thing. It just works in the inverse, right? So the two types of friends you should cut all ties with. This is a interesting breakdown of with the way you should look at people, okay? This one in particular that starts with number one, and they call it ingrates. Okay. It's basically those ungrateful people. The people who, man, you've done things for, or you've helped prop up emotionally. Maybe somebody you're always there for. You always take their call, but they don't reciprocate. Right. Not that being friends with someone or loving someone necessarily means it's quid pro quo, right? It's, it's not all the time. You shouldn't go into doing something for someone expecting that you, you know, if you truly love someone, you you should do for them without expectation of reward. That's cool. But what happens if that's the way it always is? Okay. Sometimes it is like that with people. Sometimes you give and give and give and give and they just absorb. Okay. That's what we're talking about. The ingrates. The quote here, an ungrateful man is like a hog under a tree eating acorns, but never looking up to see where they come from. 
I dig that. It's, it's sort of a Zen way of thinking about that. I mean, how many times have you thought about that? How many times have you thought about, you know, you've got this person and you maybe feel like you're there, you know, you don't get any energy back. If there's someone in your life and you realize you've had that thought, audit that thought. Don't just, the, you know, at first don't just think, you know, I got, I have to cut these people out. Like audit the thought, see where it's coming from. You know, maybe they have something going on. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're just ungrateful. You can try to have a conversation. I would imagine it won't go very far. But before, and here's a step, before you completely cut this person out, test it. Stop spending as much time as you do. Stop texting them as much as you do. Stop calling them as much as you do and see when they try to reach out to you in general. Just do it. Just see how long it takes. If it's if you do that and you normally talk to this person once or twice a week and you, you try this and it's been like a month and you haven't heard from them, then there you go is another sign to help you audit where you stand. Okay, because in a real friendship, it goes both ways. And it's effortless. And it should be. The number two type in this article, two types of friends you should cut all ties with, energy vampires. Right? They may be depressed, jaded, narcissistic, or simply salty. In their heads, the cup is always half empty. They view the world as a gloomy place filled with teeth, something to be detested and feared. Kind of like the example they give Dementors in Harry Potter. I dig it. We all have these people in our lives. We, we've all been around the energy vampires. Energy vampires are attracted to people with lots of energy, with empathetic people, with people who want to help other people, okay? The energy vampire situation, it's, it can be uh, toxic on the other side as well because people who want to help people who have a lot a high level of empathy for others they're often drawn to the energy vampire because they want to help them they want to fix them okay the article has here they call it the white knight syndrome when you feel like you need to rescue some broken individual right so that can be you know you can you can begin to feed off of each other in a situation like that and that's not a good thing either because you generally will get your energy drained, right? And the other person will just use you. And that's, there's no real depth to the relationship there. Okay. So the other side of this is 
something to keep in mind. And I've struggled with this over the years with like, personally, I have a hard time letting go. I have a hard time, uh, quitting something. I have a hard time, uh, not continually thinking about, so I don't know if I'm obsessive that way. Maybe I am. I'm not sure, but it's very important for you in your own mental stability in your own health that if you do cut someone away, cut someone off, if you do, you know, drift away and and you just kind of let the person go or, you know, more aggressively cut them off or whatever, it doesn't mean they're your enemy. It doesn't mean you need to be their enemy. Okay. And this quote they have here, just because you lost me as a friend, doesn't mean you've gained me as an enemy. I'm bigger than that. I still want to see you eat, just not at my table. Right? That is very important to keep things in the right perspective. Take an energy vampire, for example. If someone is an energy vampire to you, if they're always negative around you and you just can't stand it because it sucks, it's a drag. If you confronted the person about it or you've talked about it or whatever, and they, they just that's just how they are, and you decide, man, I don't want to be around this anymore, and then you, you enact your plan and you've done your audit and enacted your plan and you've just kind of faded out from those people, that doesn't mean that you have to hate them. You can still like them. You can still care for them. You can still worry about them. Okay. You just have to practice a little discipline and keep that space for your own mental health. And that's what it's about. Okay. You can be selfish in that area. It's totally cool. Right. Everybody, everybody walks their own path. Okay, this next, this next one I want to shift to can be helpful in the application of the first thing. <laughs> okay, five ways to practice detachment. Um, Jocko talks about detachment a lot. And uh, I think he said in some podcasts I've listened to that listened to that some people say he's a little too distant. Now that man has been through war. He's led men through war. He's been responsible for hundreds of men during war. I imagine he does have to have a high level of detachment at some point or he will go insane. Most of us don't have to deal with that. Most of us are normal civilians and we can still use the practice of detachment, okay? That is essentially not taking things personally. It is very easy to take things personally. I do that all the time. So I found this very useful to put these things in proper, a proper list format. Let's go through them. Five things, is it five things? Five things. Five ways to practice detachment. Don't judge things before they happen. That's number one. Especially things you know you have to do, but you don't want to do. Okay? Like paying your taxes or whatever. We spend, we give so much energy into worrying about something before it happens. That often is worse than the thing itself. Like Tom Petty says, the waiting is the hardest part. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Don't worry, be happy, right? I, I, It's not that simple. I get it. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't plan for things. You shouldn't plan out things. You do have to have a little worry in there. You do have to have a little pre-planning in everything you do in life that's going to be successful. But I think it's important to not prematurely assume it's going to be the worst thing you've ever done. Don't judge it before it happens. Okay, don't say I'm going to have to do this and it's going to suck really, really bad. And so therefore I'm going to have anxiety and worry about it. Plan for it. Don't let it eat you alive. Number two, don't interpret events in real time. Yeah, you think that while something's happening to you, you can sort of have this nice outside view, non-judgmental interpretation. That is not how it works. When things are still happening to you, you have physiological responses. You have emotional responses. They have a really cool Zen story in here about don't interpret events in real time. It's about a farmer whose horse runs away. The neighbors say, what bad luck? The farmer says, we'll see. The next day, the horse returns to the flock of others, and the neighbors say over the moon. The farmer says, the neighbors are over the moon excited, and they say, what awesome luck? And the farmer says, we'll see. The next day, the farmer's son breaks his leg. The neighbors are heartbroken. The farmer says, we'll see. One day, the army drafts soldiers, and the farmer's son is passed over. The neighbors are happy, and the farmer says, we'll see. And on and on. You get the idea. He's not in that story. The, the, the farmer is not making up his mind how things are going to be while they're happening. Because you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And I think that's honestly one of the core tenets of the Zen state is that you embrace the fact that you don't know what you don't know. It's that simple. It doesn't mean you just sit back and let it happen. The Zen, the Zen farmer here is not just sitting back and letting it happen. He's just not making a judgment on it as it happened. You need to learn to sit back, take a step back, reserve your judgment, make your moves. Number three, use math and logic to make big decisions. Pretty simple, but how often do we do this? A lot of times we've made up our mind about something before we even start to enact it. Make that list of pros and cons, you know? Business, we call it risk and opportunity costs. Generally speaking, we're bad at it because we put emotion into it. Some of the worst business, and I've made a lot of them, some of the worst business decisions I've ever made were solely because I wanted something. I went into it. I made it happen because I wanted it. And after six months to a year, it turns out it really wasn't something I should be doing. It really wasn't money I should have spent. I'd never really made that list 
<laughs> pros and cons. I never really looked at the numbers too deeply. So you really do need to look at those things, especially in business. It's a little more tricky in relationships, right? Because a lot of times relationships are very emotional. I mean, that's the whole point. But definitely in business, you need to take your time. That's what detachment is all about. Get you to a point where you can think clearly about things that are happening. Number four, this is something I've <clears throat> been practicing for a while now. Um, and it's really helped me. Add a few minutes of doing nothing to every task. Okay, when you estimate something, how long it's going to take you to drive somewhere, how long it's going to take you to make dinner, how long a certain thing in a project at work is going to take, always add a little more time. That seems simple, but how often do we not do that? I used to work with a dude who was always like, this will be easy. We'll get it done in a couple of hours. And I, I normally always agreed. I was like, yeah, it looks like it'll take a couple hours, but it never did. It always took a little extra time, therefore making this person always a bit extra late. The end result of that is that he was not professional or didn't appear to be professional to other professionals who weren't late, who got their tasks done. Add a few minutes of doing nothing to every task. And hey, <clears throat> maybe you get it done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe you get it done even earlier. Or maybe you know that it's going to take you 10 minutes. Schedule 30 minutes for it. What's 20 minutes of prepping or 20 minutes of enjoying looking at your creation or whatever after you're done going to hurt? Uh, number five here. Remember your worst day is someone else's best. Vice versa. Remember your best day is also someone's worst. This is about perspective. Definitely keeping other people's situation, mental state, whatever, in perspective with what you're going through. The little statement here, there's always someone out there whose struggle you're much less equipped to handle, but you're probably well equip equipped to handle the one you're currently facing. Okay, everybody has their own problems and struggles. You have to understand that. You're feeling something, someone's probably felt it. You're struggling with a problem, someone's probably had the same problem. Right? It's, you're not special. It's not always about you. The universe is not out to destroy you. Now, I never, like when I'm in traffic, I always feel that way. I feel like they specifically planted the red lights in the order that they have to make me angry. That's just my problem. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But like, I promise if you've ever ridden in the car with me, you don't think so. You don't think that's true, but I promise it is. Definitely have to practice detachment when it comes to driving and traffic, right? The, it's not, the, the traffic isn't there for just for me, right? It's, it's just what it is. But keeping that in perspective, 
your happiness does not mean someone else is happy. Your, your up being upset doesn't mean someone else is upset. Okay, detachment is being okay when life sucks. It's, it's accepting that everything will not always work out in your favor. But you don't just sit there waiting for things to fall to shit. You just do the best you can with the tools you have and the resources you have. And in your heart, you know that that's what you're doing. So you should sleep well at night knowing at the end of the day that you put in your best effort, honestly, with what you have at your fingertips. Okay. Most of the time, all you can do is make it through your day. Okay. Um, that's detachment. Again, it doesn't mean delete your emotions. That is not what we're talking about. It means just try to keep them in check and utilize them when they're needed. So there you go. A short one, I think. Maybe 20 minutes or so. Thanks for your time. I hope this helped. Go read these articles. I'll link them up in the show notes. It's two pretty good articles that should help you deal with detaching a little bit, getting away from some people or some things that you might need to get away from. Audit that stuff. Practice that stuff. All right, y'all. Until next time, get after it.